Welcome to the What Comes Next podcast, where we speak with former college and pro athletes that have walked away from organized sports, discussing the ups and the downs of transitioning to a more normal life. If you know anyone that would be interested in sharing their story, contact me at crbsandboylu at bluescreativelab.com or head over to at Cortland Blueford on Instagram. Now that the warm-up is done, let's get into the workout. Today, I'm excited to introduce James Lambert III. Uh, for those of you that haven't heard episode one and two, uh, I definitely suggest you go back and check those out. I speak about it in episode one, how I met Elijah and James on campus, my first experience there. And then Elijah mentions them because they're, they're pretty close. They played on the same team at Assumption College. Uh, so just to get into it, James Lambert grew up in North New Jersey. He also grew up part-time in uh, Germantown, Maryland as well. Uh, he used to teach math and science at the middle school and elementary school level. Then he went on to teach in college. Uh, he also indulged during that time in a little bit of marketing and project management. Now, full circle, James is an administrator at a school. He attended Assumption from 2000 to 2004. Then he got his master's from 2004 to 2007. So we had probably like a two or three semester overlap since I was in school from 2006 to 2007. Uh, but it's interesting because he says about how Assumption segued him into his true passion. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting conversation that I have with him, and I'd rather him explain to you about, about his passion than me. So here, check it out. Sometimes, like, so Assumption actually segued me into uh, a lot of hosting the shows, which I still do regularly. So, um, like, MCing, and uh, I think it's, like, one of my primary passions, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I do weddings now, I do all types of shows, a lot of interviews with, um, especially, like, like music and artists, so. Uh, didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, a lot of shows. And that was something you found in college, or you knew that before? Like, that was something you was interested so, uh, in? Shout out to Elijah Bland. I know you already had him on the show. He was actually um, making music, and he got linked up with a, uh, a record label. And when he was doing some smart stuff for them, like making music for them, organizing for them, um, they needed somebody to host the show, so I was like, shit, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so I got put on, and I was actually bigger than I thought it was going to be. We were like, they had the whole club venue, that'd be a couple hundred people in attendance, and I was the sole first knowing that segue and talent. At the time, I didn't know what I was doing, but uh, that was the first, and I was like, the, you know, that was the itch. Next thing you know, I was doing it uh, at my own show on campus, a couple of them actually. Um, then I started doing stuff like getting contracted to do other things, doing like major artists in, uh, in Worcester. I've done some shows in Boston. And it's a segue to doing like wedding. It's funny how it had a past, but yeah. James then goes on to talk about how his dad was was pretty strict uh, with grades. It was like a no nonsense kind of deal. Like grades are just that's guaranteed. That's going to happen. You're going to do that, and without that, you can't play basketball. Like it was one in hand of the other. Uh, but then I asked James, you know, what did he learn from college, or what did he take from college that? that put him in a position to go through the the different things that he went through from teaching at elementary school to getting into product marketing and everything else and all his other career paths. Uh, what did he take from college that put him in a position to do that? He had a very, very different experience from me with my coach uh, because I, I, I wasn't the favorite, but I was recruited by my coach. And, I, and a lot of athletes don't understand if you're recruited by a coach and that coach leaves – 
you're going to have a hard time uh, if you're not one of that coach's picks. But here, check them out. Dude, absolutely. Uh, I learned powerlessness. So, like, you know, every hooper has a jerk experience with coaching, right? Whether you are uncoachable, whether the coach is horrible, it can go on out of dynamic. Either way, you know, there's like a, there's a time where it doesn't gel. I hated my coach <laughs> for four years, but then I learned. Um, it didn't matter how successful I was or how much skill I built. Sometimes we just weren't going to see eye to eye. So not even take point and blame. I had to learn how to like develop a powerlessness over the fact that that person's in control of certain things. I can make sure I'm as ready and I'm as sharp as possible. So when my window's called, you know, maybe somebody else will see it. Either way, I, I, I can take advantage. But, you know, when that window wasn't called or my name's not called, you know, I'm not going to let somebody else, uh, an outside influence, kind of like, uh, you know, cloud my character, cloud my emotion. That's a huge issue a lot of us face. Uh, let me just speak for myself. I know that's a huge issue I used to face uh, is, is having like a bad game or a bad practice where you're like missing every shot, passes aren't connecting, uh, you can't even catch a ball, the ball's hitting you in your face. There's a lot of things that, that would happen during, like he said, that hour, that hour and a half, two hour practice and allowing it, allowing it to affect me throughout the day, the rest of my day. Uh, that was a huge problem I had up until I got to the professional level. And then I got around guys that were pretty disconnected from it. They they knew how to separate their personal life from their their sports life. And and some guys can do that. Uh, not everyone can. I get, I, you may learn it as you get older. I certainly did learn it as I got older. I, I, maybe from learning it, uh, watching it from other guys. But I think... I think I may have learned it on my own just from maturity standpoint, but that is a huge part of athletes is is having a bad game or having a bad practice or more importantly having a bad game and then allowing it to carry over until the next game or the next practice. Uh, so you have like school in between or you may be dealing with your parents, you may be dealing with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or you may be dealing with your child, you may be dealing with a lot of things uh, in between that next practice or that next game and it affecting a lot of your relationships. So that that is key, but he was he was definitely in a unique situation to learn that his freshman and sophomore year at college as opposed to me. I mean, I didn't learn it till I was in a professional world. So I'm definitely glad he brought that up. That was definitely something that was unique that I had not thought of prior to. So I think I might add that to my questions from now on is uh, emotionally being able, were, were people engulfed in practice and were, how did they learn how to pull that apart from their personal life? And when they got to work, are they able to distinct between the two? Do they allow work to affect them in their personal life? So that, thanks, James. What was, uh, what was your most memorable moment during your, during your college athletic career or let's say afterwards, after, uh, after playing college? Uh, either one. Both. Uh, either one. Either one. Uh, most memorable experience after college, you said? Uh, just athletically. My most memorable, oh man. I remember when it, so my high school was top 10 in the nation. Like we actually, my sophomore year, we actually like won the, the national championship. We got rings. Uh, I was a part of the team, but I didn't really get no kick. I just started playing ball. But the, the level of basketball I was exposed to my first two years set the tone for like the rest of my life. Um, um, but at the same 
same high school coach that somebody like a guy named, uh, that Durant had, a guy named Stu Better. He's okay. a basketball genius. Like every, everybody knows him. Anyway, um, so basketball clicked for me when I was a sophomore. And I just remember being like, I was trash. I used to work on my game so much. In high school? So, this so is high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. The, 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 our practices in high school were 10 times harder than any college practice I've ever had. Jeez. Our, our standard Wednesday practice would make like any master college, I mean, any um, practice we had at, the, at Assumption at the highest level or whatever night look like your cakewalk. <laughs> Everything from conditioning to skill building to like, if you were six feet or above, anytime you had an open layup, you had to duck, like a transition drill. You had to duck. It was, it's completely different. It's completely different. Anyway, uh, you from that area, or you know about uh, the same coach that went to Montrose. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with yeah, that coach. Like, yeah, so anyway, um, it's, I, don't, I remember when the game, I finally said, oh, I get it. Um, you know, we had like four or five All-Americans on my high school team, and I used to have to go against them every night. And then I remember we played pickup, but at pickup we had like, man, maybe like literally pickup at the end of the, at the end of the season, ten college coaches from like major ACC. So like, um, uh, Shostakovich was there, um, Dean Smith was there. Like just watching us play pickup, looking at like wow. top recruits. Okay. We had like at least like four or five players that were in the league, and then we had like three players that should have been in the league but never made it because of you know, gun charges and shit like that. Yeah. But um. So I went from like trying to guard these dudes and being like trash and like the last person picked and being shit on and dunked on, literally the last person. And then I remember like we played the seven or it was like, it, no, it was either up to nine or seven minutes. So the games were like always really quick. And uh, I remember we had game point. I had scored a couple buckets. I didn't realize how much I was scoring, nor did I realize at the time that we had won three or four in a row. And we're putting off all these dudes that I'm telling you about. And then I realized, like, as the game, like, when the game would get tight, they started going to me. And I didn't realize. Interesting. Oh, shit, they, they're going to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right, right. It, it was a transformation that I didn't even realize. It was just a, the flow. And I don't think everybody else realized it. It was just like, James has a mismatch on him. James has a mismatch on him. Like, and every time I could do it, so we're going to, to nine, and every game I'm scoring like five or six buckets. And that's when I realized, oh, shit. Um, so, like, there were. And that was pickup, but I mean that level of pickup for us was again, it was probably like a regular season game at the college level where I played. So it, it was just it, it was night and day difference. But that was the first time where it really it just clicked, clicked for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I realized that like the heart again the preparation because you know I was waking up at seven a.m. working up by myself, and then me and my boy would go at ten, and then we play ball from like eight o'clock on. So wow. it, was, it was it was it was. It was lifestyle. Were you were you the same height in high school? How tall are you? Six four, six five? I'm like six 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 seven. Okay. So um, we had six 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 seven, just to kind of give people a context. You're not six yeah. foot man. So we looking at six 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 seven. I mean I've always thought you were brawlic man. You you were in great shape, but you were light on your feet, man. And that was what was always crazy to me was you were always so quick and light on your feet. So I I can't for them to say there's a mismatch, I got to say, yeah, but then you're telling me you still weren't even the best player on your high school team. Man, nah, by far I wasn't. <laughs> by far. We had like four or five All-Americans. I mean, we had a couple of pros uh, there who were like pros themselves when they turned out. Um, kind of like high school, we had people come from like Florida, Texas, 
uh, North Carolina. So like, I, it was like they had a re- high school recruit. Right, right. And they didn't recruit like, like we were in the independent league, so they, just, they didn't just recruit oh, like long. Right. Yeah, like we're playing against like Tracy McGrady, Tyson Chandler, Al Harrington. So like the other teams that do the same. Right. Independent teams. James goes on to talk about how he still works out all the time, uh, like three times a week. And he makes a great analogy where he talks about it being similar to a, to maintaining a vehicle where if you maintain it properly and, and you, you use it just enough, uh, the, the car will last forever. His body will last forever. But if you overuse it, you abuse it, you're flooring it, uh, pedal to the metal, or you're not using it enough, you're just allowing the car to sit there and, and rot that it, it won't be effective. It won't be a good car. It won't last very long. Uh, so that was very interesting. But what I loved about this mostly is that he just goes right for the jugular. He talks, goes right on in about what his most difficult part was. And I loved it. He took it over and he owned it. Check this out. The hard part for me, see, if you want to get down to like what was my hardest transition from life as an athlete to life as a tax-paying citizen. Right. Okay. Was how do I get into a professional realm? Right. What do I like to do? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm smarter than all y'all. I should be able. I should be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. Real. But in reality, was like, wait, well, you're not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it doesn't matter how smart you think you are. How you gonna stay? So um, I was never completely money driven. A lot of my boys are like all about the bread. I was always about balance. You know what I mean? Um, like I, my day, I might want to start my day by the water cooling. I might want to then transition to grab something to eat, nice little tea, go to a movie. Okay. Whatever my day was, I could always envision it. But, um, but professionally, um, the hardest part was getting into like what I wanted. So once I realized what I wanted to do, I knew the three things. There's going to be education, which just because I had a foot in the door. Um, as, uh, sports marketing, which is what I really wanted. Or my second choice, rather, and then and or communications. When I say communications, I mean hosting shows. So okay. I could have been like, you know, AJ from 106 and Par, or like, uh, you know, any type of like person who's gonna be like, a, a, you know, a, one who kind of like uh, manages the talent, so to speak, or manages the, the flow of a conversation. Okay. That was that was my goal. So I was like, boom! I pursue all three, whichever one lands lands. Um, Sports marketing, since we have so many teams out here in Boston. Yes, we do. I was like, you know what? That means to go ham. So, man, when I tell you, I started doing pro bono work. Mind you, I was teaching. I was I was teaching at the time, and I hated it. I was teaching math, not a gym teacher, not a special. Like I got had my own classroom with twenty five kids, and I had to rotate. So I had three. I had seventy five kids in all. Wow. Um, I was grinding, and as soon as I finished work, I was going over to Reebok and doing free work for them. Or I was going to the Patriots. And the Revolution, which is a soccer team, I was doing free work for them. And I don't mean free work like, hey, do you want to buy this magazine? Or they had me, um, the uh, the Patriots would have me escort players. <laughs> escort players uh, teaching, I mean, excuse me, to speak in, um, to speaking obligations. And they kind of like helping to segue like them speaking. So for instance, uh, the funniest one I can remember, right? I could play, I don't know his name. He's fresh, fresh out of Brazil or some shit like that. He's like 19. So we pull up to this one school, and everybody runs up to me with a soccer ball. Sign it, sign it, sign it, please. To like, you. And he's, yeah, he's sitting there next to me just looking like, you know, like he's like five, about five, five, six, you know what I mean? 19-year-old kid. So I signed it, you know what I 
know, I've sat at all the buses <laughs> <laughs> on the on stage. Uh, and then I'm helping him. Then, like, uh, you know, he didn't know how to spoke public speak. He didn't have any skill set for public speaking. So then I'd help him, like, okay. I just, like, you kind of make it so you're not even there. So they'd ask a question. And he started answering the question, and he'd go off on a tangent because he couldn't keep to a fact. And I just kind of, like, helped segue him back to, like, the answering the question. Right. And the next question. So, you know, you kind of just help transition it. But, uh, no, I'll tell you, I was putting in so much free work for everybody, and I couldn't get into sports marketing. Unreal. I couldn't get in. Uh, I guess we'll just we'll wrap it up here. I appreciate your time. Give us some information. If you have any last words for the audience or any athletes or soon-to-be athletes, other ex-athletes in terms of making their transition, uh, as well as your social media accounts and websites and where they can find you. That would be great, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike do it. M-I-G-H-T-D-O-I-T. I mean, I got Snap and all that, but Instagram, just find me on Instagram. I don't really know how to use all that Snap or not. Uh, I give my email, james.lambertiii at gmail.com. So james.lambert3rd at gmail. All thing I would say to people, man, is um, when you get out here, don't be afraid to take the time to be vulnerable about yourself. You know I mean, the same way you might work on the flaws in your game, is the same way you need to be able to say, okay, I don't know how to put a resume together. Let me figure it out. I don't even know what I like. Let me figure it out. But you got to be able to put that on paper so people can see it. So the same way you're going to develop the, the portfolio that represents how your body at work, you mean on the floor, on the field, or whatever, you got to be able to figure out how to translate that so people can look at you from afar and determine like how valuable you are as an asset, how, what skill level you have. And that takes time and that takes humility. But guess what, man? There's resources. Just like people get trainers, man. There's people out here that do that. I mean, even if it's just the person who works at as an accountant next door or like the teacher that whatever, like humble yourself and go ask somebody for that for that good look and to show you how to become a professional. Now I got friends of mine who are vice principals of school and don't know how to send emails. I mean they don't have the confidence to send out an email professionally because they're they're so critical about like every word they say and they're embarrassed that their peers might see grammatical um, errors. I'm like, look, work on that left hand and nigga you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. You get the coin. Like, stop being, like, intentionally ignorant. Nah, go get it. So, yeah, if I was just, anybody, man, I would just say, whatever your weakness is, be the first to exploit it. Be the first to exploit it. That way you can, um, you can strengthen it. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, you're putting your fate in somebody else's hand. That's excellent, man. That is excellent. Man, I appreciate your time, man. This is dope, brother. This is dope. I need one of them shirts, man. I need some more. Uh, which, which one? The, which one are you looking for? Which one was the best? I took a screenshot and I sent it to Boy Walk. Uh, the, I got a couple of those designs. The um, Get Better? Nah, nah. There was something else that y'all had up. It was a little more unique. I, f- I forget which one it was. Either way, I'll go to my archives and I'll send you a screenshot. Just let me know how much it costs. Not, let me know I and I'll that. send it your way, man. I'll make you a few different colors. You let me know your colors and I'll, I'll get a uh, uh, size for your daughter as well, man. Just let me know. Say less, man. Oh, wait, I get the per- you personalized. Maybe send me, can you send me like some type of like detail that has um, what y'all have, like all the varieties? All of the products? Yeah, of course. All right, done deal. All right, cool. Yes, and that. Excellent, man. Again, I no, I appreciate your time, man. So much appreciated, and uh, I'll talk to you later. My man, hit me up. All right, man. And that does it for today's workout. So thank you for joining the What Comes Next podcast. If you know any ex-college or ex-professional athletes that want to get on our show and share their story, please feel free to have them email us at crbsandboylu at blueScreativelab.com or contact me directly on Instagram at Cortland Bluford. I look forward to sharing the next workout with you.